Hello there and welcome to season two of the MedTime Stories podcast. My name is Ashwin Sharma. I'm Tom Thorne. And we're both final year medical students at the University of Birmingham. This podcast is about our life at medical school, what we get up to in and around the edges and what we're looking forward to about our future careers. Whatever platform you're listening to us on, please subscribe and leave us a rating. So um, welcome back to another episode. Um, it's been another week after the PSA. So we're talking on the Wednesday after the PSA, had the PSA on Friday and we hope um if you had the PSA on the same day as us, you found our pre-episode useful. Um, and if you've got it uh, coming up, good luck to the rest of you. And hopefully you'll benefit from our last episode, which is our thoughts beforehand and after the PSA to give you kind of a bit of a flavour of what the PSA might be like. But um, I'll let Ashvin have a, have a quick chat uh, about what's been going on in your week. Yeah, so I mean, it's a quick, quick, uh, quick catch up. I think we haven't done a catch up since the past couple of episodes. Mm. But I had the PSA last week. It was interesting to hear your thoughts when I was editing the episode because uh, you were in the morning, I was in the um, afternoon. Yeah, um, I could hear you guys leaving at like seven twenty a.m. Or no, you sorry, you had to leave earlier. You had together for seven twenty, didn't you? Yeah, so we left at about seven in the morning. And one of our housemates doesn't like getting up early in the morning. He's slowly <laughs> trying to reset. His uh, he's slowly <laughs> training himself throughout the week to uh, to get up earlier and earlier. Because um, I mean, I- I'm normally. I'm normally kind of waking up about half six just because I'm kind of in the routine of that now. I know it sounds super early, even when I don't need to get up that early, but I'd, I'd rather just get up mm. and even have to do like my washing up and do bits and bobs around the house early in the morning. Whereas uh, he is normally meander out of bed at about eight o'clock, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's good to get out of the way. And uh, we got our results like two, three weeks, I think. So uh, hopefully it should be okay, touch wood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, touch wood. Uh, I, I think it was all right. I mean, everyone had a, a different sitting. I think people generally seem to think that the afternoon one was a, a bit more difficult than the, than the morning one. But um, however, I mean, however you sat it, whether it's morning, afternoon, whatever, uh, we, we wish everyone the best of luck. I mean because you need it to prescribe. And we were just talking half an hour ago saying, does that mean you can prescribe uh, as a final year med student? I don't think it does, because I think you need your GMC number <laughs> and to have passed finals. But um, yeah, I mean, what's been going on in the news that you want to talk about? I mean, recently? in the news, I mean, there's quite a bit, actually. But we, uh, but I think the first thing is... is um, Sort of sending our sort of condolences and best wishes mm. to everyone um, who's been affected by the earthquakes um, yeah. recently. Um, I know we've we've talked about our housemate last year as well. He's um, and he's so got family members got family, personally so. personally affected, and so yeah, we've been trying to keep keep up to date with him. And it, it's it's just so horrific. I mean, seeing these images of babies from neonatal intensive care units and uh, and all over the place, kind of being pulled from from wreckage and. Um, being pulled from basically collapsed hospitals it, it just breaks your heart doesn't it? It, it it's truly awful yeah 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 and then that, i think it's when situations like these you know when something go, bad goes um when ba- something bad happens you always are more grateful for the things in your life and so i remember like seeing a lot of things saying like be appreciative that you've got a roof over your head yeah um, definitely and we were saying yesterday that like we're so lucky that the country that we're living like these sorts of things like don't happen yeah i mean we live in such a safe country don't we there's there's no earthquakes there's not there's not any of this happening so yeah i mean you definitely can be really appreciative appreciative of uh all of um all of the kind of home comforts that you have um but it, it, made, it made me think as well about uh, MSF and MSF is something I was involved with kind of a bit earlier on in medical school um, and I, I still kind of keep up to date with to up to date with their work and it's definitely something that I was uh, 
looking to do uh, in the future. And for any of you uh, that don't know, uh, MSF is uh, Medicine Sans Frontières. So in English, that is is Doctors Without Borders. And so uh, they're a team of not just doctors, but kind of logisticians, engineers. Uh, I think they probably have uh, kind of allied healthcare professionals Mm. there as well. Mm. Um, uh, Definitely nurses, because we've had talks from nurses. And they go uh, all across the world to areas where they're needed. Maybe there's a uh, famine going on and malnutrition, or maybe like now there's an earthquake and there's lots of people suffering from trauma. And so they need people out there who are able to conduct kind of trauma surgery and and help with rehabilitation. So um, it's something I definitely want to involve myself with in the future, but... To any of you out there, I mean, is it something you've been considering, really? Sovereignty. I mean, I remember I went with you to a couple of events and then yeah. you ended up being on the committee for a couple of years. I was, yeah, yeah, earlier on in med school. And um, they're they're really, really good society. And often your uni will have its kind of own, own sub-society. And if it doesn't, it's definitely something worth setting up. Um, but they've normally got events on kind of maybe once a month, once every couple of months. And so if you're interested in MSF, it's a, it's a great place to reach out and kind of meet similar like-minded people. Yeah, no, and, and yeah, just reiterating the message that our heart goes out to everyone that's yeah. been affected. Yeah. Uh, so another thing I want to talk about, actually, I don't know, I haven't actually spoken to you about this, is the, um, the locum rate card that came out. Did you have a look at that? Mm. I did. Sorry, I was I was having a sip of my coffee. I've, I've been I've been on GP today, so I'm kind of re-energizing myself. Sorry for that. Um, I did have a look at the Rokum cards. What What do you think of it? So it's interesting. It's interesting. I was looking at them and I was like, "Wow, these rates are so high compared to what I mean, like you, you're expected to, to get when you're locuming as an F1 or F or F2 or whatever." Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact figures. I think someone who's really good at this and they made a YouTube video is Ollie Burton. I don't know if you've seen this YouTube video. Yeah. Um, about explaining about it and um, what this doesn't mean is that you're automatically going to get. I think it was like somewhere around fifty pounds. I think. I think the base rate Monday to Friday, kind of normal working hours, is about fifty pounds, yeah. and then it was up to if you're working nights over the weekend, it's up to about eighty pounds. Yeah, yeah. So I think standard, yeah. And you had a, a sixty band or seventy pound. I can't remember which way around it was. Whether it was daytime weekend was sixty, mm. and then night times day n- night times during the week was seventy, or if it was the other way around. Um, but yeah, Ollie Burton's video is really kind of readily digestible and quite easy to understand yeah, for any of those it very well. who are kind of medical students and looking at uh, maybe if you're final year students or you're just trying to get yourself clued up with what's going on with the strikes and the BMA and everything that's going on at the moment. Uh, his video is really, really good and definitely worth watching. Yeah, I think I think the ballot's closed soon as well for uh junior doctors and when you're on the wards as well you see everyone wearing the lanyards um like pay restoration lanyards oh really i've, yeah. not, I've not seen any on the wards yeah, so far yeah, yeah. yeah um and so yeah his video was quite good i was interested to see and what he was saying was it just provides you with the information of what you can ask for because i know the the, the rates vary across the country i remember watching a yeah. video from another youtuber and he was like i'm getting 45 pounds an hour and i was like wow that's quite a lot whereas because i know in other parts of the country it can be i don't know and that's the that's the f1 rate because they recently released a, a kind of a consultant rate card for mm-hmm. locuming and then they released a junior doctor one and it's got the different grades of junior doctors from f1s all the way through up to st8 so that's kind of the your senior registrars just the year before they're becoming consultants or uh, at least applying for consultant jobs or fellowships um and what yeah like ashwin said it's not a kind of a a prerequisite that you'll get those rates if you kind of wander in with your card but the i think believe the hope is behind the bma that 
if everyone is united in the BMA in asking for those yeah, rates yeah, yeah. and not accepting below those rates, then they have to meet it. It's having that kind of a rule book that you play by. It's almost like guidelines, isn't it? Mm. You have national guidelines and people do deviate from them. But if you are all trying to follow the same guidelines, yeah, yeah. you get that standard of care. Exactly. And this this is, works under a similar principle that if you all ask for the same thing, you won't be undercut by one of your colleagues. And so people should hopefully get that 50 pound minimum or at least move closer towards that and we are seeing a bit of a backlash in some kind of junior doctors groups and stuff but i think that's hopefully quite quickly being stamped out it's being publicized where people are having these backlashes and being um put on the doctors vote kind of instagram page and doctors yeah. vote is a great um uh, instagram page if you want to follow You're good um, graphics kind of a, a uh, a pro pay restoration channel and they are pretty much uh the social media side of pay restoration aren't they yeah yeah and i, I guess the final thing that i wanted to speak about was um i, I spoke to you very quickly before we started recording was about um the medics medics money podcast mm. um, and i was listening to an episode on the way back from placement today and um it, it's honestly like a really really good podcast like I've, I've listened to most of their episodes um they're like the dream guests for us aren't they like on, on, yeah on, on here no we're talking about it and i think yeah like you said on long journeys is kind of one ones that i listen to when i'm on a long train journey for three or four hours and i get really in depth i mean they talk about a lot a lot about money so kind of about uh just the things that you're not told about really i mean they talk kind of from just good general financial health so yeah. making sure that your tax code is right which reminds me i've been put on emergency tax for <laughs> teaching uh, student cpr so it's something i need to sort out um but um they're really for, good for all of those things about kind of pay yourself first but all the way up to understanding the nhs pension and how yeah, it works yeah. so you can really clear yourself up so that you know what your money's doing and you know how to make your money work for you not you work for your money yeah so i mean there's two of them there's <clears> the, both gps one's called tommy and the one's called ed who used to be who's also a chartered accountant as well mm. so uh, they really know what they're talking about and the episode that um, you should go and listen to it is talking about um it was an ent consultant surgeon who was like a guest and they were talking about would you recommend medicine um to their children and i mean the short answer was no um basically citing the systemic issues in nhs and how people are burnt out um so it's a really good episode to listen to so i mean that's just something else i wanted to highlight um what else has been going on i mean i'm on my acute rotation um so what you did uh, before christmas about yep. six seven weeks in i think six weeks in now yeah. um I, I think i've got a real issue with whatever rotation i have i tend to like it um <laughs> and so uh, I, I was saying to you that like if, if only i could be like a gp in a hospital setting because i was in the hospital and i was just like oh the hospital setting is so nice compared to i think you miss that camaraderie when you're in gp because i'm just not going to gp now you spend a lot of the day kind of in your room on your own and, and i just you... like being on my feet a bit like moving around yeah and I think it's that having having that kind of change of pace is that you you work at a bit of a fast pace in hospital and some people don't like that but I quite like the team teamwork aspect that you're working in a team with mm. other other people there and that's something that really appeals to me yeah yeah and so um tomorrow I've got a, a first year I'm showing a first year around the hospital uh, so uh, I'm going to try and get them to take loads of histories um and <laughs> <don't even laughs> exam. so you can you can watch over as the uh, the kind of make sure that they're taking history exactly. properly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but so, yeah how about you you finished your obs and gunny rotation now you've started yeah GP? so I've, I've I'm in my first week of GP so uh, tomorrow I've got morning and afternoon clinics where I'll be seeing patients on my own, getting everything kind of reviewed by the GP, but seeing, uh, I think, eight to ten patients in the day. So it's not it's not too many. I think we get half an hour slots. 
so it's quite good you get um half an hour 40 minutes so you get quite a good amount of time to take a history do an exam if need be and um, yours face to face and get it reviewed yeah they're trying to book me in uh they're purposefully trying to get me face-to-face appointments to make sure that i'm only seeing people face to face that's good that's um Whereas I had my kind of group GP today, which is where you uh, you all go in and it's a more teaching based session. It's not just kind of you're there in clinic or sorry, in surgery uh, or just um, or kind of just doing something. But you're actually learning more about kind of medical models of kind of consultation and things like this, um, which was quite good. And did a couple of consultations there, uh, telephone one and an in-person one. And it's good. Yeah. But the main topic is about six months down the road, isn't it? And thinking in six months' time, as we start work, yeah. where we'll be working. Yeah, so it's quite, it's quite, it's quite um, crazy to think that we don't. We're going to be in a completely different place um, this time next year. Well, in mm. six months, meeting like new people, starting a new job, and you think about it, it's literally what? It's February, it's end of July, isn't it? Like five, six months, yeah, literally six months. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, for full kind of disclosure, um, it's not a flex or anything. I've got my <laughs> <not> flex or <laughs> anything. <laughs> I've got I've got my job sorted already. So this podcast is more going to be focused around kind of how Ashvin's decided on his on his deaneries mm. and what he's currently going through to decide on his deaneries. Um, so I mean, yeah. I guess I guess you can sort of touch upon why you've got your job. Mm, yeah, so. and I I think that I can talk about how I was trying to rank rank things yeah. had I been kind of gone back into the main foundation pool. Yeah, so I guess it's best mm. to start with that in fifth year you finally have to decide where you want to go in the country um, to start F one. And I think this is really relevant because I know we've kind of finished our news segment a bit, mm. but there's a thought to change how it's all going to work. So yes. at the moment, I'll briefly mention this, is that all right, yeah. before we carry yeah. on. Um, at the moment, you get basically a 50-50 split. So I'll try and explain it how I was explaining it to my parents the other day. So um, uh, essentially, everyone gets 40 points, or is it 41? 41. So everyone gets 41 points, okay, pretty much, because you get... Based on what decile you're in at medical school, if you're 10th decile, so that's the bottom 10% of your year group at your medical school, so not across the whole country, but at your medical school, you get 41 points. And then if you're first decile, so top 10% in your medical school, in your year, you'll get 50 points, okay? And then the other 50 points comes out of your SJT score. So you can get there from anything from zero to uh, theoretically up to 50. So there's a far bigger range of points that you can get. And there's a lot more, you get a far wider kind of uh, deviation there. Whereas um, in your kind of educational score, as they put it, there's only a nine point difference. And that's changed. I think we have spoken about before how they got rid of uh, publications and uh, extra degrees. And I mean, we're both a bit kind of anti that having both (laughs) uh, intercalated. I mean, no, I mean, not me, because I I intercalated after they made the change. Yeah, I suppose so. And I mean, I I would have intercalated anyway, but I was kind of a bit like, it's quite nice to have that bit of a reward as well with a a few points counting here and there, because a lot of our friends are earning money. But um, what they're trying to change at the moment is to completely overhaul that and their, their logic is uh, that supposedly more people will get their first choice deanery because as you rank everything and then the points based on your SJT and your uh, academic measure, so your decile that you're in, give you a combined score and then whoever's got the highest combined score, um, they look at their choices and they get their first choice and then the second person, they look at their choices and if their first choice is full, however, if you go down to, say, like, the 400th ranked person in the country, if their first choice is full, 
Uh, then they look at the second choice. If there's still place there, then they get yeah. their second choice yeah. and so on and so forth. So they look at it in that order. But what they're looking to change is to essentially give... Uh, well, my understanding is that in fifth year, they give everyone a random number. <laughs> Yeah, they? yeah, I'll let you uh, talk through it a bit more. I, I just think it's randomised, from what I understand. So your deciles don't matter at all. And so it's randomised. And apparently the reason they're doing it is because through this system, more people get their first choice. But apparently looking at the graph, fewer people get their second choice than more get their first choice, if that makes sense. Right, right. So there's a bigger disparity uh, as in the curve isn't quite so smooth. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah. So more people get their, their first choice by about, I think, 6% yeah. or something like that. I think it goes from 71 to 77, something like that. Um, but actually uh, fewer, more than uh, 6% lose out on their second choice. Yeah. So it means that more people would either be getting maybe the first choice, but then would then be shifted down towards their third and their fourth choice. And so they give you a randomised number and then what you're doing is you're um, this is this is this is not confirmed. They're having consultations on it at the moment, but then they're looking. Um, they give you this random number, and then essentially, no matter where you ranked in the year, no matter what your SJT is, because you wouldn't be doing your SJT anymore, that wouldn't be a thing. They look at whoever's number one on their ballot, and then they go, "You get your first choice." And then let's say they look at number four hundred again, um, and then if their first choice is full, their second choice is full, then they get their third choice, kind of thing. And you're going through it in the same numbered system, but you're just ranking those people in a different way, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. What I don't know what they're trying to achieve. I, I think I don't know what the perfect system is because I think the system at the moment with with uh, deciles probably, if you're talking about f- being fair, is um, it's it's I don't think it's fair, but it's it's fairer Why than not? because I think different circumstances will lead people to like being able to dedicate time to studying in different ways so like for example if let's say financially you you need to work another job in order to to Mm. fund med school you're not going to have enough time to study on the side compared to someone who's well off and very fortunate and is funded by their parents funded by their parents they can they can study a lot longer and they can be in first decile whereas the other person might be in like eighth decile so I, i don't think it's fair and i also do think deciles do promote unhealthy competition um, but on the flip side, I don't think um, someone being completely random and being sent off to like their sixth deanery, if they are ranked highest in med school, is, is a fair way to do it. Either. Yeah, so. I mean, I was, I was trying to chat with some of my other peers about this when I was uh, on my way to placement the other day. And I was thinking that to get into medical school, you have to be quite competitive. You have to have that edge to kind of want to get in and that um, that drive to get in. And I think that if you remove that element of um everyone obviously everyone will still have to pass their exams and everything but i feel like you remove that some kind of element that you have a bit of a control over where you work do you know what i mean so at the moment if you score in a higher decile so you work harder uh kind of or you work smarter let's say um you um you are more likely to get your first choice job you're not you're not guaranteed it but you're more likely And I think that I completely get what you're saying, that if you have to work jobs and stuff like that, and we both do do works, but we're fortunate that we can kind of work for a bit of extra money where, where we want it. Um, but yeah, if you're having to work, it's a different situation. But I think what it does is it, it removes that control you have over your own application. Do you know what I mean? 
it's completely in someone else's hands. Yeah. Because the SGT won't be a thing. And the SGT, I mean, we've spoken about anyway, kind of almost feels a bit like you go in, you come out, you don't really know how it's gone. Yeah. Um, but with the Desos, at least you've got some control over I, it. I get, I get the control bit. I just don't think it's the best way to do it. No, it's probably I, I think, not. I think it's, it's, but it's I, it is unhealthy. A, but it's always going to be a flawed system. I think giving people a random number when they get into final year just means, I don't know, I wouldn't like that. I would be like, I want some control. Because if you, let's say you had worked really really hard throughout medical school and you've been you really really applied yourself uh versus someone i mean everyone in med school works hard this is this my point is not about people not working at all but let's say there's someone who kind of um really wants their choice of first jobs and tries to work harder to get slightly higher grades so that they could they've got a bit more control under this new system you get you might get to be getting to fourth year and then realizing that your decils don't count and that's quite a that's quite a big factor kind of uh, to kind of drain you you, you I, I would lose quite a lot of motivation for my kind of fourth year exams at that point would you not i don't i i kind of don't agree because i think the decile system why i don't like it is because it means that from first year you're working hard all five years um and it just to just to think about something five years down the line whereas if if it wasn't in place it means that I, I, you can enjoy your uni life a lot more and you are at uni and you are studying mm. medicine but you also you want to enjoy your life yeah it's and, a good point and your job in five years is dependent on your how you do each year so yeah. i get i get both There's sides that constant pressure on yeah. having all of your degree count from kind of the first exam you ever do after christmas in your first year up until you're essentially assessed for five or six years yeah aren't you yeah yeah i mean i guess we could go we could talk about this for ages um because yeah. I, I still don't know what the perfect system is yeah i don't think we'll i don't think we'll reach it i mean i think we broadly agree on a lot of points but we've just got we've just come at it from kind of different angles yeah um but yeah so when you're kind of we're thinking more generally about deaneries and applications in final year so you put your applications in kind of what kind of september time? yeah it is september isn't it i was trying to, i was trying to write through my head yeah. so it's in september time you you log into this thing called oriel which uh, apparently becomes the bane of your life for the next 10 years as you look to go into kind of core training and specialty training and um what you do is you create an account uh you fill out a really long application form, which is not kind of asking you questions for normal foundation program. It's just going, do you have any extenuating circumstances? What's your name, etc.? What's your national insurance? I don't know if it does that, but it's kind of, it's quite in depth, isn't it? And yeah. it asks yeah. you about any prior criminal convictions and things like that. And then you have to rank all of the deaneries. So, so you apply in September and you have to rank these deaneries um, and it doesn't get submitted as soon as you rank. You can change your preferences up until the middle of um, up until the middle of February, at least for our year. And there's 19 deaneries that you have to uh, have to rank, um, and they they range in size. So I know Scotland is one deanery, but it kind of gets subdivided into areas. I know Wales is a deanery, but then some areas like the West Midlands, because they're uh, they've got a larger population, are actually split up into your West Mids North, Central, and South. So it's worth having a look if you're kind of a, a fourth year now and you're thinking about where you want to work, just not kind of going into too much depth, but just having a think where you'd want to work in the future um, if there's any particular reasons pulling you or pushing you to work in a particular place. 
Um, like I said, um, if you're applying for your SFP, you then tick a box and you have to fill out what kind of publications, presentations, additional degrees and a number of questions. And actually, we both did end up uh, applying. I mean, this is probably for another episode, but we ended up both applying, didn't we, in the end for SFP. But you mm. decided at a later stage you you kind of you you didn't want to go down that pathway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you, you put in this application and it kind of sits uh, sits a bit blank and then you roll, you do your SJT and that gets kind of collected in silence uh, before or just after Christmas. And then it rolls around to about kind of middle of February and people start going, oh, I need to confirm my deanery places. Yeah. And so, I think the deadline's next week, actually, yeah, the 16th or something. Which is why we thought, we thought we'd talk about it now. So yeah. if, I, if I ask you a question, mm. how did you go about, I know it's the broadest question I could ask you, yeah. but how did you go about picking your deaneries? Are there any kind of particular things that you would rank kind of, do you have any bullet points for how to help you rank your deaneries? So I'm only going to go off what I've done, done because, yeah, go for it. because I have flip flopped between deaneries so many times. And I think when I first started thinking about it last year, I think my first inclination was to go to Oxford because that's my home deanery that's where my hometown is so my thinking was okay I've been in Birmingham for six years let me go home and I think money was also something I was thinking about so I'll save on a lot of rent and then Oxford generally is quite a small deanery so the thing with deaneries are is that some are massive like Northwest includes Manchester Liverpool like Morecambe so many places Blackpool Blackpool uh, KSS is Kent, Surrey, and Sussex. So imagine that's, <laughs> so you could be, I that's mean, three different places. We were talking about this, weren't we? You could be from Chichester to Maidstone, yeah. effectively. You yeah. could be right at the edge of West Sussex, all the way over to the east edge of Kent, and yeah. it's, it's a it's a huge distance. Yeah. So, so I was initially thinking Oxford. Actually, thinking before I thought Oxford, I thought I'd stay in Birmingham because I just thought, oh, it's so nice. The it's so familiar. Like the hospitals are familiar. Mm. The area is familiar. Um, they're nice hospitals. Birmingham's very central in the country, so it's easier to get to different places if you want to travel. Yeah. So that's what I thought, and then my mind switched, and I was thinking, oh, okay, Oxford. Do I want to live at home after living out for six years? Will I be able to live at home? Do I want to stay in Birmingham because I've been here for six years? And so I think at the start of this year, I came to the conclusion that okay, I don't want to study in, uh, don't want to study in Oxford. Um, sorry, I don't want to work in Oxford because I don't want to live at home. Yeah. And I think six years in Birmingham is enough. Um, will I come back to Birmingham? Maybe I don't know, but it's two years, so I'll go and experience a new place. So then I was thinking, oh, shall I? think about northwest because manchester is very popular at the moment especially with our uni i know this, is. This, dif this differs with different unis um and so but then i was thinking oh it's quite far away i was thinking oh do i go to liverpool um my brother's living in liverpool um at the moment so i was like oh at least if i'm far from home at least i'll be close to him yeah um and then there is uh, another factor in the fact that um, my girlfriend's also in final year of medicine. So I also want to be close to her as well, or preferably in the same deanery. So then it's compromising on deaneries. Like I know she wanted really badly to go to East Anglia, um, but <laughs> it was a firm no for that. Um, and then You're not going to be out there in the Fens and <laughs> no, I think, Norwich no, no. and Great Delia coming. <laughs> Let's see. What did she say? I can't remember. Yeah, it was that little <laughs> meme of Delia Smith on uh, the Norwich uh, football. I pitch, thought the right? only place I'd want yeah, to go maybe yeah. is like Addenbrooke's or like Cambridge, basically. Yeah. Um, so, and then initially I was thinking, oh, should I go to Peninsula, which is like um, Cornwall, Devon? Yeah. Um, so, I mean. Sorry, do you mind if I... Yeah, go for it. So I was going to say, um, I'm staying round in kind of West Mids Spoilers. for mine. Um, 
because I'm I'm doing SFP around here. Um, and my thought was I want to rank all of these places top because, as I've mentioned before, I want to do surgery um, and I've got a good network around here and I think it'd be useful for me to help get in. But actually, what I, I've kind of had a chat with my girlfriend and um, we've kind of had a, we had a thought that if I kind of, if we didn't get into SFP, we'd consider going to the Southwest. I want to be back by the sea at some mm. point, Sue. Mm. And you looked at, you went, I didn't want to do another two years. And I looked at kind of it and went, it's only another two years. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, I thought the opportunity was too good to kind of turn down. But I think that after um, F2, I'll be moving down to the fine, southwest. Fine. So kind of seven, Wessex or Peninsula, like I'm almost like certain wow. that I want to be down there. I want to be by the sea. I want to yeah. be able to go fishing and swimming yeah, and yeah. surfing. And well, actually, things. that's why for, for quite a long time, my first choice, I settled on KSS, mm. Kent, Surrey, Sussex. Um, and then I realised that you might be in Kent uh, which I didn't want to be. <laughs> um, so I was thinking Sussex would be nice. Surrey would also be nice. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Surrey is the most competitive. That surprises um, me that, that Sussex isn't. I mean, being from Brighton, I know that there's a lot of people that go, oh, you're from Brighton. Oh, Brighton's nice. And like rent in Brighton is expensive, which to me indicates that lots of people want to live there and it pushes yeah. the price up. So I can imagine I mean, it's changed, hasn't it? Do you want to explain how it's changed? Yeah, from, so I think... From beforehand. I think this is the only deanery that's changed it, just off the top of my head. So it used to be a deanery called South Thames mm. and, and South Thames used to include a um, part of London in the deanery as well. So what you can see, you can see some data uh, from the year beforehand and that can help guide your decision as well and it helps guide my decision as yeah. well. Um, and it's a competition ratio meaning that um, how competitive a deanery is. So, for example, if, if something has a competition ratio of one, it means there's one applicant for every place. If something has a competition ratio of one point, I think London last year was like, some parts of London were like 2.8, that means there's 2.8 applicants for every place. And so London by far is the most competitive each year. So, um, But that's because it's... Um, my whole thought is that your competition of your deaneries is based on on places that people want to live and where there's lots of good hospitals but also about size if you're in a really really big deanery it's often it's harder to know for certain where you're living if you get london deanery you could within reason you could pick a place in london where you live and you it's quite easy to commute and it's like central west mid central is also a very competitive deanery Mm -hmm. but i think that's because of the size because there's only a certain number of hospitals and they're all within about five miles of each other yeah so you know i mean we're looking at it right now here west midland central is the, the second or third third i think um smallest deanery it's got 212 places i think the leicestershire northamptonshire and rutland is 185 so that's the smallest um so in terms of places as well yeah you're right it, it, it also is dependent on that so uh yeah so that's the difference in south thames this year is kent sorry sussex so the places in london have been removed so the data that you could look from last year is is not accurate so so essentially what i'm saying is we don't know what the competition because we don't know whether it will be it previously has been biased up by people because South Thames used to be anything south of the river, didn't it? I think yeah. so. It even included guys in St Thomas's, I think, mm, yeah, it did, with yeah. South Thames. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if it's people applying to kind of guys and those uh, like hospitals and well. yeah, would actually inflate competition, or whether it's that people don't want to go to those hospitals and more likely wanted to go to hospitals like Guildford and Brighton and uh, yeah. be in those areas. That's something so you, you can't tell. There's just a lot of ambiguity around South Thames in particular. 
So, um, which I think yeah. will maybe move competition down because people are more scared about applying. The, the, you my issue was it's just a guessing game, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know which way it's gonna which way it's gonna swing. Um, You've got a, a nice thing here, which I've not seen. What's yeah, this? yeah, yeah. No, this is something someone sent me actually. So it's only for certain deaneries. It's for KSS. Um, it is for Oxford. I can just KSS and Oxford. So do you want to explain to everyone listening what it is? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you can't see this. It's podcast format. I forgot about that. <laughs> so um, what this is, is what you don't get is you don't get the individual scores for a hospital. Where this document that I've got has um, the minimum, the maximum and the median score of an applicant for each hospital in uh, London, uh, in uh, KSS, well, South Thames, and on Oxford. So you can strategically apply then um, to hospitals once you have to rank your jobs. So what is the process? So the process is, first of all, you have to apply to the deanery, and you have to rank all 19 in order, 1 to 19. And then you do your SJT, which is either in December or January, which we've covered. And then there's Deanery Day, which we've done an episode on last year when we were saying, oh, mm. this will be us next year. It will. Um, and I believe that's the 9th of March. And on the 9th of March, yeah. we simultaneously get our SJT result and we get the area we've been allocated, the deanery we've been allocated. But it's almost a bit like um, when you get your A-levels in your UCAS result, because once you've got into your uni, yeah. your A-levels don't matter anymore. Yeah. Whereas once you've got your deanery, your SJT doesn't matter a great deal anymore, does it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I suppose, it, I mean, I suppose it kind of does because it, it helps you know your overall score. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Ashwin said, you often know the score to get into a deanery, kind of what you'll need, but you don't know the score that you'd need for a particular hospital because being at a... Uh, a hospital in a in a city where there's lots of accommodation might arguably more be more competitive than being in a DGH, which is a thirty kind of thirty minute drive from basically anywhere that you'd be able to rent in. So these are definitely things to consider. And I think, like Ashvin's kind of said from his point, family was a draw. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Yeah. Um, family either living with your brother up in Liverpool or living closer to your family uh, in the Oxford Deanery. Uh, another draw for you was you said money. So why you might live at home was you, you actually got the opportunity to save a bit more money. And then what would you say with your other point? So I, I think the main thing when I, when I really thought about it, I think the main things I had to consider was that um, I remember you saying that if you once you live away from your parents if you go and see them like twice a year for example it's so different to when you you are at union you can visit them more often mm. so you're not going to see them as much like as regularly so for me i don't want to be more than two and a half hours max away from my home home um so that was one thing for me that ruled out a lot of places for me i didn't want to go to scotland didn't want to go to wales northern ireland um etc see yeah and i, I spoke through these and actually for, for probably for both of us scotland's quite an accessible one because you can actually fly can't you yeah. i know i know it's a faff to get it's all your stuff up but you can fly back relatively cheaply i mean uh and the flight probably only takes 45 minutes. Yeah, it? it's minutes. a faff. So I think for me, family was a big one. That, yeah. was, that was a really big one. Yeah. Um, a second big one, which I later um, put lower in my priorities, was probably money. Um, I, I, it is a big saving you make when you, if you live at home in a deanery. So that's yeah. why I considered Oxford. Um, but I think uh, I put that lower down because I prioritised other things. Sure. Uh, another priority for me was a new place. Like I said, I'm, I didn't want to go to Birmingham. Uh, a new... Yeah, and I, I think for me as well, that's something that I'm kind of a bit envious of. I, I wanted to go somewhere new and kind of experience that. But I kind of, 
I took this opportunity and with the SFP, as I'm sure some of you are aware, you have to decide within 48 hours of being given an right. offer. Yeah. The turnaround is so quick that you can't kind of rest on your laurels and go, oh, I've got an offer here. I'll wait until I hear about my deanery. Yeah. You have to choose before you've even got any inclination of where you're going for your deanery. Yeah. yeah. And then I th- like a third one was for me was, was also my girlfriend. So yeah. um, speaking to her and seeing what she thought, um, what I thought, and um, there's something you can do if you're applying with a partner or something, and it's called linking applications. Mm. So uh, in September, you have to submit an initial, like we said, initial preferences, and it's called linking. And, and what happens basically is they take the overall score, the lowest applicant. So let's say one of you has, I don't know, 80 out of 100, the other one has 85. They take both of your scores to be 80 out of 100, and then you're allocated that to that particular deanery. I think there are some caveats in the fact that both of you have to rank the same deaneries in order, otherwise it doesn't work. Um, And some deaneries actually are uh, more supportive than others in the fact that i think some juniors will say we will place you within one hour of each other one one hour of hospitals of each other so um yeah so i was talking to someone about this today who um at my gp has linked with their partner and they were saying that some deaneries um you get what's called a phase one match so where they'll match you just to the deanery Mm. okay and for somewhere like west midland central that's probably fine you're not you're not really going to be a long drive away from each other if you live in west mid central and probably london probably is also kind of okay and there's a few other deaneries i won't go through and name them all where you're probably unlikely to be a huge distance away from each other even if you uh, work in different hospitals um some other deaneries um so I know that from what they were talking about, their impression was that seven do this, which is like a phase two matching where it's kind of maybe a trust specific. So if a trust has multiple hospitals or like they subdivide their deanery into a, a kind of a north and a south part. I think they were saying for where they're applying, there's a north and a south division of that deanery and um, that they would guarantee that you'd be in either half of that. Mm. And so because of that, it would limit the the distance you'd be away from each other. Yep. And so it would help you plan and kind of rent or buy a house, which is kind of halfway in between the two. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and so just, we keep jumping around a bit. So um, just to recap, so you have to submit the area that you want to be in. So for example, my first choice at the moment is Wessex. I don't think that's going to change. Mm-hmm. So Wessex, so fast forward to 9th of March, um, Touchwood, hopefully I get Wessex. Then what happens is, I'm not sure how long you get after that. Um, I probably have to look that up, but you're given a certain amount of time then to rank your jobs. And so from September, you can see the rotation of jobs. So on this website called Oriel, what you can see is you can see um, a list of jobs and you can see what jobs they're offering you um, in F1 and in F2. So it's three rotations each year. So then what people then start to decide is they start to think, they start to think more tactically. So they start to think, okay, what I can do is I can apply to a less competitive deanery based upon the uh, scores that I've seen from previous years. And then I will be more likely to be guaranteed my uh, preference in terms of jobs. Yeah. And I think you're weighing that up against, do you want to be somewhere that you that you would prefer to live for whatever reason, whether, like you said, money, family, new location, even old location, um, or would you rather get your jobs that you want? Yeah, so so that's also interesting. So, for example, some people who I, I know in F1, 
uh, the hostel I'm at right now. So he actually wanted to go back home to his deanery. I can't remember what deanery it was, but um, he really wants to do ophthalmology. So he wanted an ophthalmology rotation. Yeah. Um, but he said that there were only three ophthalmology rotations in that deanery, whereas okay. in the deanery that he's chosen, there were six. So he thought it doubled his chances. And luckily he did get that job. And yeah. the deanery he chose, the competition was less. Yeah. So uh, for me, I think I'm more thinking about the deanery, the area, rather than the jobs. Fair enough. Um, I have a certain idea about what jobs I'd want first, what jobs I don't want first. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm not too fast. Um, I guess I've had advice from F1s and F2s about what not to do first. Um, and I, I suppose as well, with we've spoken about before, you kind of, you're thinking about kind of a GP with special interests at the moment, aren't you? It's yeah. kind of a potential career path. So most, uh, pretty much all of your foundation jobs will have one community placement, mm. and that might be in public health, it might be in psychiatry, mm. which is what I will be in, yeah. but it might also be in GP. So I presume that when you're looking at jobs from your kind of, your uh, community placement, you quite like a GP job. And yeah. your community placements are normally F2, aren't they? Yeah, they are F2, yeah. yeah. So, so in that period, you have to rank the jobs. Yep. What I also believe is that in that period, you're given the deciles within that deanery. So I think you can see the scores of everyone who's been allocated to that deanery. Mm. So also that can guide your decision in terms of if you know which hospitals or which jobs you want. Um, I think there are certain websites that can tell you what the competition competition ratio was for a particular job last year yeah um so let's say you scored very well then you know that you will have more choice over your jobs than let's say you were uh, sort of lower down in that deanery yeah. so then i guess you have more pick of what hospitals you want to go to so if i take uh, wessex it's it's still quite big in the in the fact that you can be in dorset or in uh or in pool for example and you can be somewhere in basingstoke so if i'm in basingstoke that's literally 40 minutes from my house whereas i'm in pool that's two hours from my house so they're still quite quite different um, other things to consider i think um are commuting between mm. different hospitals some hospitals you will change hospital uh from f1 to f2 sorry and some hospitals you might even change within, within your year yeah. so you might do depending on whether a particular hospital doesn't have a rotation yeah. uh so some kind of specialist services you might be doing that at a different hospital yeah so uh, and even if you've got say maybe pediatrics uh a general medicine job and psychiatry or something in a year or gp let's say in a year you might be at uh a children's hospital for your pediatrics job yeah. might be yeah. i'm not saying you will be yeah. but you might be you might be at a district general hospital for your general medicine job and then you might be at a community placement for your gp or you probably will be so even within that year in f2 there's probably three different locations that you'd be at yeah i think it's also important to consider i think what birmingham is quite good at is is the transport links without yeah uh, within within the city as well whereas i don't know what it would be like in somewhere like peninsula for example i feel like you'd kind of be at more of an advantage if you had a car and it'd be difficult to get around to the hospitals yeah, especially if different from where your accommodation is so Definitely. i guess that's also something to consider and so yeah then after that you rank your jobs and then they should give you um what job you've been allocated and so there are a couple of good resources to use that i've used uh one is messly so messly what it does is it, it takes each deanery and then it will say what the advantages are what the disadvantages are um, do you want to go to a, a tertiary hospital or, or a DGH? Um, and it has some reviews from people, um, the positives and what the negatives are. 
um, and it has the competition ratio. So that's that's good as a starter. Yeah. Um, I know Mind the Bleep also has an article on the website which says. Uh, basically, it gives you a list of factors to consider when you're picking deaneries, and then it's up to you to prioritize what do you think is more important. Is it important for you to have a pick of your jobs? Is it important for you to want to go to a certain area? Is it important to you to stay near your family, um, to to live at home, to save money, etc., etc.? So it gives you a lot of things to base your decision off. Uh, another um, good resource that I use to uh, rank my jobs, which is escaping me right now. Um, I will think about it. I can't remember what the name is called, but essentially you can put the deanery uh, in that you want to apply to and then it gives the list of specialties and then you can say whether you like a certain specialty, dislike a certain specialty or you're indifferent to a certain specialty. Yeah, I thought that was messy. No, it's not messy. Oh, but yeah, I mean, I know that a lot of people, once they get their deaneries, you get sent a list of jobs. And so if you don't have to choose your area within your deanery, so I'm just, uh, I'm talking about this while uh, Ashwin has a search. Um, Medibuddy. It's called Medibuddy. It's called Medibuddy. Um, I know some people that did this manually on Excel. Is there any job? So let's say they really wanted uh, a resp job. They might give that a point score of two. Maybe they wanted a cardiology job, but not as much as the rest of They might give that a point score of one. And let's say they really, really didn't want a gen surge job. So they give that a score of minus two. And then you can kind of get a five point scale of kind of zero where you're indifferent, minus two where you really don't want it, plus two where you do want it. And you can code all of your um, all of your jobs. And what they, this is what they did. Yeah. So this is someone who was a graduate entry course. And they coded all their jobs. And this was an F1 who was talking to me about it. They coded all the jobs. And then they essentially ended up, they didn't have to think about it too much. They were given a point score of all of their jobs. And so all they had to do was kind of rank it in order. And obviously some of the points were quite similar. And so at that point they maybe went, because it doesn't account for order, maybe they had two jobs which were the same job. But they thought, it's probably better if I have this job earlier than this Mm. job to help prepare me for F1. And so that's quite a good way of doing it. And it's quite easy to do on Excel to code it like that. Yeah, it's a good way of doing it. (laughs) What this Medibuddy does is, like I said, it does that for you. It does it it? for you. And then it it says, what do you prefer? Are you indifferent or would you, do you prefer the jobs or do you prefer the area or do you what do you want to prioritize and so it ranks it really nicely and and you can have a look at the jobs and and that's what i've been using actually to, yeah to have a look at what jobs and so for example i don't want a, like a specialist rotation uh, supernumerary rotation first like i'd want like pediatrics for example i'd want that maybe after a couple of rotations once i've, I've done a more general a yeah gen med specialty yeah, yeah. Or a general research specialty um so yeah that's that's another resource that i've been using um, so I've been just thinking about a lot of things to consider, isn't it? I know another people, another thing people consider. I know someone who literally ranked different deaneries in, and different different deaneries. They looked at the areas and they were like, "Does it have this shop? Does it have that shop?" Uh, because they, you're also living there for two years, right? So, so if you're more of a city person, that will guide your decision about what you want to, what area you want to apply on. If you yeah. want something more quiet. Um, we know people who have gone to the coast, so like they'll be there for two years. So it's, it's also what kind of person it is, and one one reason why like for example i wasn't applying to certain places was because i could see myself going there for two weeks i couldn't see see myself like living there for two years so um fair enough so that's sort of what's guided my decision 
I guess the final thing to, to really say is is talks about the types of programs. So the one that most people apply to is the foundation program. Um, I know there's another program called the foundation priority program. Um, and so in the foundation priority program, they've been sort of developed to support specific areas of the UK um, that kind of are found difficult to retain doctors um, in the recruitment process. Um, and I think they do that through sort of incentives for people to apply, whether that be um, geographic stability, whether that's financial support with accommodation, um, guaranteeing them academic experience. So that's Foundation Priority Program. Mm. Um, there's Foundation Program, which we just talked about the whole process. And then there's Specialised Foundation Program, which yeah. you have. Um, the advantages of which being is that for you, you're sort of secure in, in your jobs now and, and you yeah. don't have to worry about that. And what process. it does is, I mean, we'll do an episode um, hopefully later on in the year uh, probably August time where people are when people are looking for applying at this because you often need to think about it a bit in advance so we'd hopefully release an episode then in a bit more detail but what it does is depending on how you do it you might have kind of a few days a week throughout maybe your second year which are kind of confirmed as your research protected days or all like me you might have a four-month block which is your kind of research protected block or your leadership protected block where you might be on GP at the same time or your medical education protected block whereby you might be teaching the medical students involved in kind of quality improvement in education um, and often during these you might work a couple of uh, on-calls during the week just to keep your clinical knowledge up to date um, but you get the opportunity to spend four months doing research medical education or leadership and um, this is something that I really wanted I, yeah. I enjoy I really enjoyed my intercalation mm. as you kind of saw that in me. And I remember I was talking to you about whether I take the job or not. And yeah. you were kind of saying, look, you know how much you like, you like the research and kind of thinking analytically about problems and stuff. Yeah. Like it's, it's the right job for you. And yeah. Often in quite a lot of them, you can undertake maybe a postgraduate certificate in education or leadership alongside that. And I, I know that for mine, even though it's a research one, I've got the opportunity to do a PG certain yeah, education, yeah. which I thought was basically two Quite birds cool. with one stone yeah, yeah and I, I really like medical education and um yeah that's that'd be a, a great kind of little uh, stepping stone so that's part of the reason why i took it and um for those actually you also apply in september but you have to fill out a number of questions which are called your white space questions they're about 100 150 words and they'll be asking you different questions about kind of why you want to apply or what your biggest achievements are and things like that and you can actually only apply to two um deaneries when you apply for your sfp and you have to rank your jobs actually when you apply to your deaneries yeah so you you, you may only want to apply for certain jobs so you may you don't have to apply for all the jobs unlike kind of your foundation program mm. where if you don't rank everything you might yeah. be given a job that you didn't even rank yeah, yeah. whereby your sfp you definitely won't be given a job you didn't rank yeah yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's a we longer talk for another episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we realise we've kind of running waffled on, on a bit yeah. about this. But um, it's, it's yeah. a big thing to cover, I guess. I'll let you sum up. Yeah, it's, it's a big thing to cover. And I guess we were also talking a lot about what's been going on in the news um, yeah. earlier on and then what we've been up to. Um, so just to summarise, it talks about what the whole process is, what involves its final year. So um, I guess probably don't just maybe start to think about it in fourth year. Don't stress too much. You've got plenty of time in fifth year to, to decide. Everyone's going through the same thing. A majority of the people apply through the traditional foundation program they go through the same thing you can talk to them what are they prioritizing um, take ideas take inspiration from them speak to your family speak to your friends um, what should you consider there's you if you want to pick up your jobs look at the competition ratios look at the resources that are available use Mestly, use medibody 
Um, I think they have some webinars where people will sort of give advice about what areas to choose. What sort of city do you want to live in? Do you, um, or what sort of area do you want to live in? Do you want it to be a city? Do you want it to be a town? Um, so these are all things to consider. Um, and who knows, the, the, like we said, the, the process might be different next year <laughs> in terms of how you actually allocated Definitely. it. But we've spoken about how it's allocated. So, um, And then as a little little aside based on the kind mm. of channels we spoke about earlier, Medics Money podcast yeah. is definitely worth checking out for kind of medical finances from simple all the way up to complex. Uh, Ollie Burton does a lot of good videos kind of breaking down complex medical topics and making them quite easily understandable. Mm. And... Um, yeah, and then the B- the BBC Health page is where we get a lot of our kind of uh, health information from as well. But um, So that's been our episode covering deaneries and uh, what we've been up to recently. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Please leave us a like, give us a rating and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. We'll speak soon.